Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And Bobby Snyder. And this is The Rocket Recovery. We're so happy you are here with us today. We're working through the Overcoming Trauma series. Today's Lesson 16 on Meekness and Humility. We were talking before we started recording about how we gauge and level uh, our, our humility. And it, <laughs> it's almost a contradiction. I can't really... Claim to be very humble because that doesn't make me very humble. <laughs> <laughs> humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up, James 4.10. So, what would it look like to humble yourselves before the Lord? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's a lot of things I can do to humble myself before the Lord. Uh, one would be, I'd say, my posture when praying. Yeah. If I can get on my knees, uh, that's a really sometimes uncomfortable place to be, uh, especially in prayer, especially if there's anybody else around. Uh, but it's a, it, it puts me in a position to receive God a little bit better, I think. I, I think when I get in a posture of prayer like that, I'm more focused on my prayer and not such, so much my scattered thoughts. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I've yeah. got that. I'll start praying for something, and by the time I'm done, I'm thinking about something else. <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time focusing on a podcast. <laughs> well, so one time I told the Lord, I said, Lord, why would you listen to me? I, it's like it's like I'm I'm double minded. I'm schizophrenic. I'm bipolar. I don't know what it is, but I cannot keep my focus while I'm praying. So a lot of times I'll sit and write when I uh, pray and that way I have to focus better and the other times I'll turn scripture around and pray the scriptures and that's really helpful when I'm praying. I still say focused in my recovery on on the prayer life. Uh, Our 11th step says we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Here's the kicker. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. If I can just make sure I include those two things, and I don't even have to get specific, then I'm covered, and I'm going in the right direction. Amen. That praying just to know his will, that's, uh, I think that's where humility is, because I can remember reading that and seeing that thinking, oh, no, I tell God what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I tell him, now, Lord, you could do it this way, and you could do it that way, and why didn't you do it this way? the truth. so so yeah i gotta remember okay i'm not the lord be still and know that i am god and you are not (laughs) all right kick us off with the introduction here meekness is not feeling like you are better than others a synonym for meekness is humility humility is freedom from pride or arrogance lucifer fell from heaven because he wanted to be like god in isaiah 14 It was his pride that caused him to fall. Lucifer, who became known as Satan, then beguiled Eve with the same temptation to be like God. She was overcome by pride and lost her humility and trusted in herself. After the fall, God killed an animal for the blood to cover their sins and the skins to clothe them. What were they clothed in before the sin? Well, maybe the glory of God, maybe the garment of humility. God promised a redeemer to restore them to fellowship with him. And we're going to explore this garment here in a minute. So in the New Testament, Jesus came to earth to redeem what was lost in the fall. He came in the garment of humility. So in 1 Peter 5, 5, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So look at that. Could the garment of humility be the garment of Christ? So let's go down these. Let's see if I can uh, get on that little button and decrease that a little bit. 
Let's see, maybe. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh oh. I'm old. I can't see that. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll try it. Garments, garment of flesh and pride. Go right down through there. Going to read them down. What do you think? Maybe well, the garments of flesh and pride. Uh, we got the Garden of Eden with the Adam and Eve, then the serpent, and then pride, and then the fall in nature. And with the garment of humility, I've got the death of my self-will, a pick up your cross and follow Jesus, a glorified God, and be returned and restored. Restored. I love that word. Oh, wow. Wow. So pride is a partition between us and God. Humility requires a childlike faith and deep dependency upon God. For this lesson, let us look at the Sermon on the Mound called the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Number one. Blessed are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5, 3. The key word here is in spirit. This does not describe our financial situation, but our heart attitude. To be poor in spirit is the opposite of being proud. Only the humble can enter heaven. Mm. Yeah, the kingdom of heaven is for those that are poor in spirit, that are gentle, humble in spirit. Number two. So blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. So when we mourn over past sin, confession is the way to receive comfort. When we mourn for lost souls, it is the grace of God that will comfort us. So number three, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5. Meek is described as gentle, humble, and lowly. It is the meek who who choose to allow their trials to bring them to humility instead of bitterness. Ugh. <laughs> well, they can participate in the work that God has planned for in the earth. So when I'm embracing bitterness, then I probably need to look at my pride. I probably need to look at, okay, how could I humble myself and realize that God didn't mean this for evil, that he meant this for good, that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, that his ways are higher than mine, that I could possibly never know what he's doing. I just have to practice trusting him. For sure. Yeah. Number four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, Matthew 5, 6. When we are humble, we recognize our need to be filled with God. Once we are empty of ourselves, we can achieve fullness of God and have complete satisfaction. Number five, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, Matthew 5, 7. When we humble ourselves to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the regeneration process, we will have the mercy that Jesus showed on the cross. We forgive those who wrong us no matter what. So Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Number six says, blessed are pure in heart for they will see God. Matthew 5, 8. A pure heart humbles itself daily before God. It is in this pure state that we can see what God is doing in our lives and in those around us. So let's go back to this, uh, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they knew good and well that they were hanging him on the cross. They just didn't understand um, their role in their harm and their persecution and that that it, they were hanging their righteous God on the cross. So, you know, a lot of times when people are hurting me instead of real instead of thinking that okay they're evil they're wicked and i might look at this as a way 
that God is bringing me to an end to myself and allow him to use that in my heart to purify me, to show me what's in my heart that needs weeded out. So like if bitterness is coming up, if anger, if hatred, if um, condemnation, judgment, vengeance, those are things in my heart that he wants weeded out of there because he's going to be pure uh, in my heart. He's going to, he's going to be uh, pure to the pure, froward to the froward in Proverbs. So if I want the pureness and the goodness of God, then that's what I want to, to see coming up out of my heart. And it's amazing, Bobby, because when I start practicing this, all of a sudden my response is immediately forgiveness instead of bitterness. And it's shocking because it didn't used to be like that. Now, I also have noticed that when the person is someone very close to me that I expect something better out of, <laughs> I'm more likely to get offended. I'm more likely to be bitter thinking, oh, you, you're above that. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, I had more, better expectations out of you. So sometimes I think I put more on people than what they're capable of. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. So blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So we want to be pure in our heart so that we can see God. We can look into the, we can say, you know, God's people, it says that we perish without a vision. So God, give me a vision. If you have that pure heart, it's almost like that veil is off of your eyes. And now you can see clearly as to what God's doing. And you can, you can get a purpose for why you're being persecuted or why these things are happening to you. So number seven. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. As we humble ourselves and seek the peace with God, we can have peace in all of our circumstances. When we have peace with God, peace with man follows closely behind. So Trickle-down theory. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to have peace with all circumstances. So what I do, I don't always have peace. I, I mean, there's a lot of circumstances that I'm not going to get peace in. So I wrestle. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just wrestle until I find that peace. Lord, what are you doing here? What are you teaching me? What are you training me? What do you want me to learn here? Because if I don't get that lesson, guess what, Bobby? I am back there in about three weeks. <laughs> I'm still got repeat the same thing over and over, over, expecting a different result. That's right. I'm I'm in a lot of confusion. So I wanna I wanna extract the DNA out of that lesson. I want to say, okay, Lord, what is the um, What's the lesson here? What's the what's the temperature? What is it that you want me to be growing and learning and, and progressing and becoming more Christ-like here? What are you perfecting in me and maturing? So number eight. Number eight, Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.10, As we separate ourselves from the world and draw closer to God, the world will persecute us. It takes a humble person to suffer through persecution without retaliation. In 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So I, I don't even think you have to be a Christian to suffer persecution. I think you just have to be doing right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, just, just be on your own game, doing your own thing. And, and, you know, sometimes people aren't always happy to see you succeed. I think there's a lot of... Um, that's that's a that's a subject that really really shows up in my life a lot because of who I work for. Yeah. And uh, and it's and it's ugly sometimes, and it affects a lot of people. And and uh, man, if if people knew the harm that they caused by doing that, uh, I, I don't think that they would. 
be so quick to do that. Right. So number nine, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me in Matthew 5, 11. The true test of humility is when your name is smeared with lies and you humble yourself enough to trust God with the results. There it is, Lord. If you can make something of that mess, please do. (laughs) Number 10. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, 12. When our desire is to please God and not ourselves, we will conquer the flesh and walk in the joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. This involves setting our hearts on eternal glory and not on the temporal things around us. So if my eyes are set on temporal things, I'm more likely to be confused. I'm more likely to be bitter, to be unrepentant, unforgiven. And I want to be able to um, take these things And elevate them before the Lord and say, what are you doing here? What are you teaching me, Lord? How can I humble myself before you? How can I rejoice? How can I be glad? How can I be a peacemaker? You know, because part of the armor of God is wearing the shoes of peace. So how can I be that peacemaker? Now, I'm not a doormat. You know, a lot of times I just excuse myself. And when I get out of the way, um, you'll see the true character come out. Because however they were attacking me will be how they're attacking somebody else. Uh, right after me and if I step back in then I'm the one that gets it if I step out they go at each other (laughs) so so sometimes you just have to step out of a situation uh, even if it's very painful and you want very much to help sometimes you just got to step back all right so let's think about where in your life you want to practice humility where do you need to humble yourself Uh, particularly with anybody who's uh, seriously aggressive with you, a soft answer turns away wrath. So if you've got a boss, if you've got a mate, if you've got a child that's very uh, aggressive with you, I want you to soften your answer and come at them in the opposite spirit and uh, ask the Lord to, to heal their hearts. So let's work on the application. The true test of humility is not only humility before God, but humility before man. Luke 16.10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Seek daily to humble yourself in the least of things. Pray to recognize your pride and put on the garment of humility as your Christ-likeness today. Hmm. The garment of humility. That, that'd be like putting on my coat. So what if I wrote humility on the inside of my coat? <laughs> so every day I put it on, I looked at that and thought, now what's it going to look like for me to be humble today? I would tell you that probably within 20 minutes, I will need that. <laughs> you have to take your coat off. I have to. Put it back on. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need that garment. I'm going to need that garment of humility. What's that going to look like? I need a bunch of coats. <laughs> and the principle here is meekness is freedom from arrogance or stubbornness. So if I'm stubborn, I'm not going to heal. I feel like stubbornness is a sign of a trauma wound. Um, it's an inner core response of having been a wounded heart. And I feel like that as we pull that stubbornness up, I can start working on why am I stubborn and what am I protecting myself? Who am I protecting myself from? Because I feel like that stubbornness is um, part of my brokenness uh, to keep me from my real self. Sure. From keeping me from enjoying the the blessings of the Lord, the blessings of peace and freedom and and Uh, freedom from anxiety that type stuff so meekness is freedom from anxiety it is trusting and faithful walk with the lord freedom from the hindrance of self-consciousness 
It is walking with the Lord in gratefulness and not complaining with offenses. May the grumbling of entitlement disappear. Now let's look at the blessings of humility that come right out of that Matthew 5. So those blessings would be that I will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Uh, We will be comforted. We will inherit the earth. We will be empty of ourselves and filled with God. We will obtain mercy. We shall see God. We shall be called the children of God, and our reward in heaven will be great. (laughs) So that kingdom of heaven is uh, very intriguing to me, and I've read that statement over and over again, and now our pastor's um, done a series on the kingdom of heaven, and he's actually writing a book about it. So um, we're very grateful for this teaching. And and so I found in Romans 14, uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace. So as I practice... Uh, humbling myself before God as I practice walking in that I'm walking in the kingdom of heaven that's for here and now and I will experience that joy and peace that will be bigger than me that I would not have experienced without embracing that kingdom does that make sense so I feel like we're, we're walking in a kingdom of darkness or a kingdom of light so what am I agreeing with am I agreeing with the bitterness am I agreeing with the joy okay Lord I don't know what you're doing here but I choose to rejoice ah wait a minute I'm over here in darkness. I just, whatever I'm agreeing with, Bobby, seems to be empowered. Yeah, that's why I think it's important that we, I think our level of humility really goes up with our level of trust in God. Mm, 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 mm. So what if my anxiety was a symptom of my pride? Uh, Because if I'm anxious, it means I've stopped trusting God. And so I've started trusting, trying to trust in myself, which, of course, makes me anxious. Does that make sense? Yes. So when uh, the Lord started teaching me that, man, I was anxious all the time, all the time anxious because, you know, I thought my loved ones might be dying. My husband had only been given six months to live. I'd fell and hurt my back and couldn't really. I mean, he just went on and on and on. All these problems coming at me and the anxiety um, never ended. There was never resolution to the tribulations that were in my life. They just went on and on and on for decades. So I had to go and find my peace. I had to realize that, okay, every time I'm anxious, I've stopped trusting God. So, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I trust you. I used to think that alcoholics and addicts were the only people that could be selfish and self-centered because we really get it pounded into our heads that, you know, that's really a lot of your problem is that you're always thinking about yourself. Uh, But other people that aren't even afflicted with the disease of addiction or substance use disorder can also be selfish and self-centered and overuse that. that, that We have a gift to be able to think about others, but if we overuse the ability to think about ourselves and not others, then we get out of whack and we get out Mm -hmm. of balance. And, you know, a lot of our problems as addicts and alcoholics are because our instincts get out of whack. All right. Read that next verse. Dear friend, I bless you to inherit the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that could live in you now that you may be comforted, filled with God, and able to have the eyes of faith to see him working in your heart. May you be full of mercy. May you be known throughout the land for your great humility. Amen. (laughs) Bobby just prayed over you guys. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. So the verse I wanted him to read is Proverbs 13.10. Above that, pride only breeds quarrels. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. So how easily can you take advice you know I I found that um, if I want to give someone advice what I do is I ask them 
are you asking for my advice? Because <laughs> a lot of times they're giving me a problem and I'm like, are you asking for my advice? And then they're ready to receive. They're ready to realize that, oh, wait a minute, she's got a word of wisdom. I'm ready to receive. But other times it's, it's like they just they just want to quarrel. They want to triangulate me into uh, getting on their side. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of times when, when, when I'm when I'm a mess, I'm asking someone for advice because I want to co-sign my way of thinking. <laughs> so well, let me ask your advice. And if it lines up with the way I'm already thinking, I've got I've got a I've got a like solid like, yeah, I do I am trying to do this the right way. Yeah. So what I want to do is ask advice <clears throat> from people who will tell me what they think think God's saying and not what I want to hear. People that aren't afraid of me. People will tell they will say, Here is your blind spot. Here's where you're in you're stumbling and here's your pride here here's where it's at so i want you to be able to realize that taking instruction is vital to your health it's vital to your peace it's vital to your um your joy it's if i can't take instruction then i'm i'm going to suffer does that make sense yeah it's 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 sometimes it's hard to not talk and listen and take that instruction. Yes. Especially for a little talker like me. <laughs> a little busy girl. <laughs> no, so, not you. <laughs> so sometimes you got little busy girls that are about four or five, you know, little children. I want you to teach them to take instructions. I want you to say to them, okay, today we're going to practice taking instructions. I want you to go and get the peanut butter. It's in the pantry. It's on the left. It's the second shelf down. I want you to get it and bring it to me and see if they can follow instructions and then practice that. That way, when there's a a period of contention, you can say to them, are you listening for instructions? I'm giving you instructions because I really feel like we have to be trained to take instructions because we're just normally going to do things and no me do me do. (laughs) I get it. I think this day and age, a lot of us just listen to to respond. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 I'm already thinking about what I'm going to say when you're still talking, so I'm not even listening. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> He's talking to me. So that's, another, that's another lesson. Yes. <laughs> so blessings, 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 my friend, for the kingdom of heaven to be in your life, to be righteous, joyful, and peaceful, that you would be able to follow after the goodness of God, that you'd be able to have this meekness and humility that will bring you into his presence. And this is the Rocky Recovery. I'm Bobby Snyder. And I'm Angie Meadows. And we're so glad that you joined us today. See you next time. Bye-bye.